This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at Craft Beer Brew. Welcome to the Craft Beer and Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, co-founder, editorial director of Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine, Jamie Bogner. This is episode number 228. We are once again coming to you from Belgium. Once again, Joe Stang is co-hosting with me. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. And joining us today on the podcast are Paula and Val from Atrium or Atrium Brewing, depending on which country you're pronouncing this from, um, down in marchand Femen, Belgium. Welcome to the podcast, Paula and Val. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to be here. Uh, As we were planning this trip, we were looking for, you know, certainly tapping into those brewing traditional Belgian beers and also, of course, lambic and sour uh, acidic forward beers. Um, But then we saw that you all had won this medal uh, multiple times now for your saison, while at the same time brewing hazy IPAs, fruited sour beers, uh, barrel-aged stouts, using all sorts of uh, interesting uh, multi, uh, multi-country, uh, you know, across-the-ocean influences, pulling them all together in a way that is both progressive as well as respecting tradition at the same time, and thought that it would be fun to dive into your backgrounds on brewing and understand how you are pulling all of these things together in a country that uh, is very much about traditional beer styles. And so here we are, we're going to talk about that, uh, and, you know, your the, the diverse backgrounds and how you've brought that together into brewing and how you ba- make both fantastic, beautiful, traditional Belgian styles and also beers that push the envelope on that. Before we do that, what if you could chill your beer with a more efficient chiller? The answer GD Chiller's new micro channel condensers. GD's micro channel condensers are highly efficient in hotter regions, use a fraction of the refrigerant over traditional chillers, which provides less opportunity for leaks along with lower global warming potential. GD Chiller's engineers are committed to green technology design while developing a more energy efficient chiller for the brewing industry. Contact GD Chillers today at gdchillers.com. Also support for this episode comes from Hop Solutions by BSG. The Hop Solutions portfolio is a joint effort between the brewers, hop specialists, and brewing scientists of BSG and the RAR Technical Center that takes a flavor-first, application-specific approach to hops. Whether you're seeking biotransformation in a juicy IPA or dialing in a classic West Coast profile, BSG has a hop solution for that. Get in touch with the hop nerds at BSG by emailing let's talk hops at bsgcraft.com for samples, spots, and contracts. So, Paola and Val, let's talk about your beer histories, both separate as you got into beer and then as a couple and brewing together and then getting into the beer business together here in Belgium. Okay, so for me, when I was at the university, I did a, I studied marketing. And I have uh, some friends who always like to drink beer. (laughs) And uh, every time we could choose the subject of some work, uh, we always choose beer. So we we did a lot of uh, work on on beer every time I could. And then one of my friends, when he left the university, he opened an e-commerce. And some years later, he invited me to participate with him. So I was responsible for the marketing. And, And... at that time, I thought it was important to study and became a beer sommelier. Uh, and so I studied for be a beer sommelier. And, um, and then some one year later, I think uh, he sold uh, the business and I was looking for another business and I was hired to be marketing and commercial at this importer, large importer, who uh, was importing six point in Brazil at the time. And uh, Itachino from Japan and some Belgian beers like uh, Cantillon, Drifontaine, Strauss, Phantom, a lot of uh, good Belgian beers. Not bad, not a bad list. No, not at all. (laughs) So I I was in heaven (laughs) working there. And um, uh, it was super nice. And after that, I was uh, invited to do a TV show. So there was a TV sh- uh, reality game show about home brewing. Really? So, yeah, and it was the first TV show uh, transmitted in the whole country. 
in the paid TV, but in the, for the whole country. So it was a huge step. I had to live three months in Rio to be able to, to do that TV show. This was 2000, uh, 2016, uh, no, 20, 2015, sorry. And then I changed job and I was... So you are a reality TV star in Brazil also. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and it was really nice because it, it still is on air. Huh. So until today, I received messages. Hey, I started bringing my own beer thanks to your TV show. So That's amazing. It's really nice. It's really nice. And then I worked as a beer ambassador for a Brazilian brewery who is in the South, Way Beer. And I was representing them in Sao Paulo. And what else? And then and when I was working at Lorsch, one day... This Belgian guy calls and, uh, well, he was looking for his job. And since I was selling Belgian beers, a Belgian guy to sell Belgian beers, it was amazing. So I interviewed him and he passed the interview and be, he became a co-worker with me. And that's how we, and then we started dating, <laughs> but also working. We had a lot of, uh, we instantly, we were always, since, since the first minute we met, we are working together. I was just yeah. looking for a job. <laughs> and I ended up with a brewery, a wife, a kid. A dog. <laughs> <laughs> and a dog. <laughs> and I was only looking for a commercial. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's my, that's my path. And then, he, then in Belgium, then, uh, then Val is going to explain his, his uh, path. And then when we moved to Belgium was 2016. And then, uh, then I, was, I had to learn French at first. So yeah. I didn't speak French. And then I, we did uh, two years of a microbrewing course because that was my idea. We're going to live in Belgium for two years and then we go back to Brazil because I, everything was working great for me in Brazil. I couldn't just leave uh, the moment there, the wave as it was. So I, I, I was afraid to come live in Belgium, but at the same time it's Belgium. So it's amazing. Sure. <laughs> How can I not want to go into Belgium? So also we did a, a, a traveling group. Uh, of beer tourism in Belgium. And uh, this was the, my first time in Belgium in 2015, like that. The, and then we did two years course and we were living here in the Brewer Street, so Rue de Brasseur. And we, we told each other our, our dream was to have a brewery in Brazil with the tap room and everything. But we said, why not do here? Because we, we love this town. It's a, a small 17,000 people living here only, but it touches a hundred thousand people around who come to buy stuff here. So it's a, a small city, but with, with a um, big city vibe sometimes, not always. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then we said, why not? So we went to the city center and we said, look, we were thinking about opening a brewery in, in here and they loved the idea. And they said, look, by the side of where we live, you have 300 square meters open space available. And we said, why not? Then we went to the major and we said, we told the idea. And he said, I always wanted to have a brewery there in that street. So why not? So everyone was it's excited. It's like the universe wants it. It's Brewer, exactly. Brewer Street, Brasseur Street. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it needs yeah. a brewery on it. Yeah. And uh, so everything worked. And that was great. So we did the course. I also at the same time, I was uh, working in, at a brewery and... Um, and by the time we, we present the idea for, uh, for the um, government inv investments, and they, they said, yeah, it's a great idea. We were also planning to give some courses, homebrewing courses, and they loved the idea. So that's how it all started here. That's really cool. Yeah. Val, talk, about, talk to us about your, uh, your background in history. Yes. Yeah, so I started with beer in 2004 in, uh, in Australia, in Brisbane. I was uh, managing the Belgian Beer Cafe in, uh, in Brisbane. And then I stayed there for, I first paid my studies uh, while, while I was studying there uh, as, as a waiter. Then when I finished my study, they offered me the, the management of that bar. And uh, it was, yeah, it was mainly uh, in, Bev, in Bev beer, but we could import like some, some, some other stuff as well. And uh, it was a great like introduction in, into, into the beer world. Then uh, seven years later, I moved to Brazil. But first I wasn't speaking Portuguese, so I did some, some other stuff. And three years later, as, as Paula said, uh, got back in Sao Paulo and was looking for like to, to get back into the, the, craft, the craft beer scene. And uh, yeah, obviously I, I sent my, my resume to all different like importers, especially Belgian beers importers. And uh, yeah, after a like, couple of hours, I received an, an email saying, oh, you, can, you can come and present yourself at, at the office. And yeah, got back into the, 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 the craft beer scene. And um, 
And then uh, after, so as Paula said, we, we had a small travel, you know, we came with uh, 12 Brazilians here. And I got to know uh, Danny from Phantom, the brewery Phantom, which is like 10 minutes from here. And uh, well, we, we got like directly, like really, really good friends. Uh, got back to Brazil and the importer started, you know, to decrease. He had like only a couple of beers to sell and it was going a bit, uh, a bit off. And um, yeah, I was after 12 years traveling, I was a bit tired to, was to start again. It was like financial crisis as well, political crisis. And uh, yeah, I, I wanted to come back and, and got into like the, the production. Like, like, like we, we started as well, like uh, um, homebrewing as well, Paula and I. And I really wanted to get into production. And uh, then talking with Danny, he said, look, if, if someday you want to come back to, uh, to Belgium, we can, we can work together. And say, yeah. So uh, we, we talked we, we talk with Paula and we decided it was a good, you know, good, st good stuff to come back here. And there was a brewing course as well of two years, which are really cheap. And uh, yeah, so we, we said, okay, let's, let's try it. At, and at first it was, yeah, the two years here and then going back to, to Brazil uh, to open our breweries. So, um, to our breweries. So, um, yeah, as Paula said, we, we, we really loved the, the, the town and the, the vibe and started, you know, to everything was flowing well. So let's, let's do it here. And then uh, yeah, after Phantom, I, I worked as well for Etre Gourmet, which is like, a, sure. yeah, I worked a lot of part-time for those guys as well. They and do a lot of overseas beer shipping from Brussels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those guys are pretty big in the U.S., huh? They're pretty big in the U.S. That's a big way for American beer uh, fanatics to yeah, get yeah, Belgian beer yeah, 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 shipped yeah. from Belgium there, yeah. Yeah, those, those guys are big, yeah. And, um, and then it's good for me because I could, I could know all the, the Belgian beer scene as well, all the shops, the distributors, wholesalers and everything. So it was, I had the, the, the good contacts already before, before starting a, a brewery. And, um, and then I worked for another brewery as well, uh, this is du Clocher, and he used to do only one one beer like at, at this time, and it was good for me because coming from Phantom, from right. all different kind of beers and different ingredients, and you know, like some some wild stuff, and and coming back uh, as well to uh, like a brewery that was only like doing one beer, so I had really to get the, to know like you know how to how to get constants in in, in the beer. So it was like really good, like uh, opposite side of, sure, of brewing sure. experience. That was really interesting, and um, and then yeah, at one, at one point we said, okay, let's 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 open our own because I think now yeah we have everything, you know, we can to to do to to start our own brewery. Let's talk about uh, as you were starting that. What the how do you develop a creative idea for it? Because you move into there's plenty of breweries in Belgium. It's a competitive market. There's also you know even though it has a reputation for an, uh, a population that loves beer, they also have a very uh, specific idea of what beer is, uh, and you all are working to to grow that. Before we talk about that, supply chain challenges are here to stay for a while. So why not trust the experts to handle freight for your ingredients? Old Orchard has partnered with a leading logistics firm in the craft beverage industry to transport your craft concentrate blends. When you order two pails or more of concentrate from Old Orchard, you qualify for freight quotes from various carriers and can stay up to date on the status of your shipment. To get started on a freight quote for craft concentrates today, head on over to oldorchard.com slash brewer. Also, Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation is the first real-time comprehensive fermentation monitoring solution. It works with your existing fermentation tanks to track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity in real time from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Brew Monitor provides detailed insight into your fermentations that helps improve beer consistency, reduce tank time, and increase overall efficiency, saving your brewery time and money. Get started for 30 days risk-free. Visit precisionfermentation.com slash brewing. So you get to this point, you find the place you want to open a brewery. You've worked now for two breweries, Phantom on one end, and what was the name of the other brewery? In Brasserie du Clocher. Du Clocher. A small brewery in Namur. Okay. Um, and so you followed this disciplined singular style where you're brewing the same thing over and over versus the Phantom style, which is God knows what. Um, brew something different all the time. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and beautiful beers on, on both sides. Um, you decide to open your own. And how did you develop a creative idea for this? Because now what you're brewing is, uh, is certainly a departure from the norm in Belgium. It, in some ways, in some ways not. Uh, I think uh, what, what we do, like before we want to, to create, uh, like we have, okay, what, what, what's the next beer? 
and then we have an ID and both of us, we take a week uh, to, we have a meeting every Monday morning. We take a week just to, you know, think a bit about it and, uh, and read and, you know, and find, find some stuff. And then following Monday, we have 20 minutes to say, okay, I found that and I think we could have that. And then we make up the, 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 the recipe together. And uh, I think I'm coming back Paula from Brazil and I traveled as well and we met a lot of different people and, and, and culture and I think everything comes back into, into our beer. So we like to say we have an international um, experience that we want to bring back into like a local area, you know, and regional area. Yeah, it's a, a local beauty with a cosmopolitan yeah. overview. Point of view. <laughs> yeah. So we we knew at, from the beginning we knew what we love. So we decided some ways to go. So families of brew like uh, hoppy beers, saison beers, uh, stout and Paris stouts and barrel beers, and um, we knew we had to break the tradition somehow because if you only open a new brewery and you start doing uh, traditional style uh, triple double or blonde beers you it's more of the same so we knew we didn't we didn't want to do that so when we started we already started with six beers and there was one saison one uh wheat beer and uh, two hoppy beers a brown beer with pecan nuts and an imperial stout so we we knew we had to start that way and now uh we we're still doing that but uh, always with the creativity brain side that is really heavy for us because we we definitely don't want to do more of the same. So we, each new beer always has a story, uh, why and uh, how. So we 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 really value the the this rich developing creativity side for each beer. You are simultaneously, uh, you know, pushing some definitions and putting your own spin on traditional Belgian styles, but also brewing a saison, you know, in a beautiful style in an award-winning style. Um, you know, let's, maybe we should start talking about that first. I, I'd actually, I would love to know what that was like to go over to Germany in, in 2019 and, and you hadn't been tipped off or anything. I mean, you were just hoping to win something, right? No, we, 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 we had, we had an email saying that uh, we, we won the, uh, yeah, we knew. the gold medal. Oh, okay. yeah. for the, <laughs> yeah, we had an email. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that yeah. would have been a nice moment, but also being there to hear the, your, the, the town called out in the name and what, what was that like for you guys? And oh, it was amazing. It was great. We were shaking. Uh, it was, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it was the first time we went to Nuremberg and, uh, you know, if you have been there, it's first, you have like huge, huge thing, you know, like for big breweries, like, you know, really big stuff. Everyone is, uh, in, um, in suits. And then more you, you, you go through that, that fair at the end, you have look small, you know, small booth, you know, like an, like friendly, you know, like my microbrewery and, uh, you know, but we were shocked when we arrived. Yeah. Yeah. First because it was like, yeah, what, said, what, uh, what, what, what do we do here? What are we doing here? Yeah, because it was yeah. big, you know, we were like, uh, well, we are going to Nuremberg. It's amazing. It's a, the biggest, um, uh, fair. fair. And then we arrived and we were like, "What are you doing here? <laughs> it's but, not for us. But it's then too when, big." When we went to the to the to the show, and so we knew, yeah, we knew we were supposed to get to get the the, the oh. award. And uh, first, it was all like you know, suits guys, and you know, big stuff, and then big more and more, it's like like craftier and craftier, and it was like great. And we were like with uh, other Americans brewery as well, with doing saison, Italians, and it, a lot of Italian Italians beers. as well. So it was like a really great, and obviously a t-shirt, and you know, and jeans, and uh, <laughs> normal, you know. <laughs> but so, I, I, I'm very emotional. So the to receive an award in Germany for a Brazilian living in Belgium, and I, I wanted to to cry and laugh at the same time because. Because it's a, a really high emotional. It was our first year. Yeah, so yeah. The first, the first year yeah. we got, uh, so we got that, and then at the end of an, beginning 2020, we received the new. We were like the uh, fifth best brewery in the world by Red Beer, ah. and then best new brewery in Belgium, and then we received like an award as well from like a Flemish uh, organization, best new brewery in Belgium. So we got like a, yeah, it was a great, a great first year. <laughs> <laughs> and to get that for. The one also, because there's a story behind that beer too, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of a special yeah. one for you guys. Yeah, the one, it's um, the first beer we ever brewed together in Brazil when we were home brewers. And um, it was the first beer we brewed here in Belgium. So as we, we told you, we lived here uh, two houses away from the brew, where the brewery is now. We used to live there. And uh, that was the first beer we brewed there. It's the beer we brewed for our wedding. 
So, but for the wedding, it was 10% alcohol, <laughs> <laughs> and um, which was amazing for the party. <laughs> and uh, it was the first beer we brewed here in the big Heroes also. So it's it's always our first. That's why it's called the one because it was our, our first. That's beer. the one we sell the most as well. So, yeah. uh, so let's talk about how you brew it. You know, and I'm curious because you know, again, there are this. It's a you know quintessentially Belgian style of beer, but rising above and creating a and making a beer that can win an award like that amongst other very well made and very well designed beers means that you both have to adhere to a, a style expectation, but also create something that stands out and becomes noteworthy or memorable for a judge looking at that kind of thing from your perspective uh, let's talk about how you brew it and what you think the the you know the the small elements are that elevate that beer to be recognized now twice seeing we get uh, so it's we get like most pilsen um, oat wheat and we had a bit of specialty malt as well just mm. for the, the to get a bit deeper you know and what kind uh, of specialty malt it's a uh, Vienna, uh, Vienna, and no, it's just just Vienna for that one. Yeah, yes, just a little bit, and um, and then we we use uh, we we don't we don't we don't ferment like high temperature because Paulina we we not fan of like phenolic and you know stuff, so we we keep the yeah. temperature lower just to to avoid those kind of uh, of, of taste in the beer. Also, the water here, it's a, we have a really good source of water. So it's a really soft water, light in, in minerals. So we don't do anything for that one. For all the, all the other ones, we change a little bit. But yeah. this one, we don't do anything. And uh, the idea, which is a little bit controversial, but uh, among the beer styles, the Belgian beer styles, you have a lot of... Uh, openness for example saison styles is, is a very open style you can do almost uh, anything in the, it's, it's almost anything and it will be a saison so we were trying to break um the, the 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 knowledge about everything and we were the new guys uh, porting our rock to the <laughs> castle but we wanted to do in a creative uh, cre with creativity but the saison we want to be to be a little bit more classical so among our beers, the saison is the, the more classical Tradition, one, I yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. with our perspective. So as, as mm -hmm. Val was explaining, we don't like uh, the phenolic side, but uh, um, apart from that and uh, our mouth choice, and uh, it's, it's a traditional saison. So it's not, it's not to, so creative. It's a traditional saison, but uh, very, very dry. That's a, also a secret that we have that we, we we love the dryness so it's yeah. completely dry it doesn't have any sugar left how are you getting there are you doing multi-step mashes to, to get maximized attenuation or how, what's your strategies for getting mm, that dry, dry no we finish? don't do much uh, we, we use uh, another yeast at the end just to, to dry finish it out. Up. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. H8 is, H8 uh, 18 ah okay yeah. so it, it is a secret well not anymore but this is the glucoamylase enzymes. It's, it's, it's a brute saison. Getting the glucose, oh, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like a brute IP, but you're getting the glucoamylase enzyme uh, mm -hmm. to, to bring that down. That's cool. Yeah. Neat trick. Yep. How uh, then, you know, in terms of that you also are using oats to kind of, you know, give it a, a bigger mouthfeel and a, a softer feel, that probably helps even though it is completely dry build an idea that it's not just, you know, austere or, you know, too stark. It still feels comfortable yeah. and maybe Definitely. a little you creamy know, yeah. and creamy, right? Mm -hmm. Not sweet per se, but, but feels like it has a, you know, a more mouth feel to it that way. Yeah. One of the things I noticed when I had some was that it also like there's bitterness to it, but soft bitterness. And so it doesn't, even though there's not a phenolic structure as much of a phenolic structure, there's some, it still feels it. It doesn't doesn't sprawl all over the place. It still feels concise. Exactly. You know? uh, we we wanted to actually we different from the saison from the triple. We wanted we could have a little bit of phenolic, but we wanted the fruit esters first. So it's the the fruity side first, and then you can uh, smell a little a little bit of the phenolic. It's a good beer. <laughs> well, let's talk about hops. Let's talk about hops a little bit, you know, in the, the saison. Um, 
you know, is there anything special to the way you add them or temperatures that you add them at? No, no, just uh, b- boiling Normal. and then an end of the boil. Yeah, yeah, sixty minutes, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, yeah. What do you think the difference is then? You know, for your saison, you know, if you were really looking at it, why? How did that beer win? Has now won two medals you know, in this kind of difficult competition? You know, if you were to try to dial into some of your process and design, what do you think it was that set it apart? Love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I <Wedding>. think uh, <laughs> maybe we're asking about the hops because we also use coriander seeds. Yeah. So that's also one element to the beer. That's also what gives a hint of sometimes you can think it's hops, but actually it's coriander. Right. And I think this gives this freshness. So it's not just uh, fruity esters and uh, phenolic, but it's, it also has the freshness from the coriander seeds. Yeah. That I think it's very important. The dryness. Do, do you also, get your coriander from anywhere in specific or is there a... a... No, it's a, I don't even know where it came from. <laughs> no. Really? No. But, but it's a really good... I have, I have had... <laughs> top, I have had... Top, top, top notch. <laughs> yeah. But when you open, we used to use coriander at, at home to yeah. ho- as a home brewer. It's completely different. Completely different. Because when you buy uh, 20 kilos and you open that, it's completely different aroma. So right. It's but, a but, really good one, but we don't know. But I think what, what you said earlier as well, the, the water here, like it, it's perfect for, for that beer. Yeah. Like it's perfect, and we we analyzed everything, you know, just to to have. And actually, we didn't have, as Paula said, we didn't have to add anything, you know, any minerals to it because it's just like as it is. It's 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 great, yeah. you know, it's it's great, and that's that's the good the good spot to be here as well, because we could really like build all of a kind of beers, you know, because the the, the water is so so light, so so clear. The white know, page, uh, yeah, we yeah, can it's, do whatever yeah, we want. Uh, yeah, almost a white page, you know, yeah. it's uh, it's great, yeah. But I think the saison starts when you you taste. You have a lot of uh, sweet at the end from a lot of other saisons. And for me, the saison style it, it it really defined by the dryness because even when you are food pairing, it's amazing to use saisons. Even though we don't see a lot of uh, saison beers in the in restaurants in Belgium, which is a um, pity because it's an amazing beer to do food, food pairing. And I think it's amazing, especially because of the alcohol level, but also the dryness, because it's, it's this combination is not so frequent. Like this one is 7.2% alcohol and uh, completely dry. And it's not boozy. It's not, um, you don't, you don't taste too much alcohol it's very well even though Mm -hmm. it's so dry and i i think that's something that i love about it it's very versatile to to pair it's interesting because you know other saison brewers may get that level of dryness by using you know say diastaticus yeast that'll just rip rip through and, and get that but then you also end up with a particular yeast character that ends up a little more sharp and, and even more bitter. I think, mm-hmm. you know, when you use that kind of thing, it, it's fascinating to use a, a, you know, a glucoamylase based yeast to mm-hmm. get the same kind of feature without some of the, the negatives to it. Yeah, I think it, and it, it's uh, I think your product because the saison, the saison yeast is sometimes a bit, you know, not always easy to work with because I think it's a, you have to be everything has to be perfect for him to work very well. We, we found that, and then I think that one uh, we know when when we have to pitch this this last yeast just to have always like the same the same profile, you know, of of, of that beer. So I think it's a uh, and it's, it's great to watch because like twenty four hours it's almost you know finished up and uh, it's done, you know, and uh, it's uh, well, it's, it's it's magic. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, when you as you finish that beer, what uh, how how far do you carbonate it and are you, are you just a typical forced carbonation or uh yeah we here we are in uh, like a fermentation in bottles you know so yeah we we we, we force fermentation for the kegs obviously right. we pre we pre carb the, the kegs but for bottles it's a uh, carbonation in, in, in bottles yeah second fermentation and in this country you can split that into between bottles and kegs it's a little harder to do yeah. that in the united states <laughs> no but nobody wants beer in bottles there um, but how, how far do you typically carbonate that beer? Not too much. 6.5. What is 6.5? Grams per liter. 3.25. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Volumes. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, volumes. Oh, yeah. 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 3.25 volumes? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. So yeah. it's a very effervescent, very uh, yeah. Yeah. very yeah. highly carbonated beer. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 I want to ask about the, the Session IPA because uh, you guys mentioned, I think that that's maybe your number two seller right now yeah. mm-hmm. after the one, after the Saison. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting. You have a lot of local people coming in here. Uh, a relatively small town. It's a market town. It's mm-hmm. in the name, Marchand-Famin, market town. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have some people coming in here who, who, like you were saying, they just want to triple or they maybe maybe they know a saison, but then the Session IPA is doing well. So ha- there are some people seeking that out. I know, I mean, Belgian drinkers have been getting more interested in hops in the past 20 years, but still triple, triple, triple. So mm-hmm. how is that beer doing well? And, and can you tell us about that beer? I think people as well uh, just want to, to drink a, a bit uh more but like quality quality beers you know and before they would get like two triple and get you know drink and people i think start to enjoy a bit more their the, the time and uh, just uh, start drinking a, a bit more but just like low, lower alcohol beer where before uh belgium was only about like strong beers duvel chimé blanche agro is those one chivel chimé blanche chimé chimé bleu and um and now people start to yeah to, to drink a bit you know, less alcohol yeah that beer was born because uh, it, we didn't have a session IPA fixed line before. But uh, every time we went to Brussels to visit all our clients, every time we were at the bar, we were always looking for something low alcohol and hoppy. And we realized we didn't have that beer in our line. So we said we, we need something like that and not too bitter because we had, uh, we, we had had a session IPA before, but it was too bitter. Not everyone was loved so we did this one not too bitter and uh, very hoppy on the nose and uh, i think the alcohol level 4.5 attracts a lot of people especially when we you, you want to drink during the day here and uh, during the summer where you have everyone is outside uh, enjoying the sun and people are looking for a, a low alcohol beer so this is one uh, thing that attracts a lot of people and the name IPA now attracts a lot of people too, especially in the niche, but uh, starting to spread all around. So his family, for example, now they, they know what an IPA is. And uh, before, at, at five years ago, it was not the same. But now you, you can see the change. And also, like for, for the story, so first we wanted to, to, to call our, our brewery Portal Brewery. But we needed a, a word like like in Latin word that, that could be like said in in Portuguese or in French or in English. So portal in English it was an, an portail brasserie portail. It was like not a bit, a bit ugly as well. And then we did we did like um, we had like a meeting with some friends and throw some ideas and atrium came out and it was exactly so. That's what we wanted. We wanted like a portal. We wanted a, a brewery where when you come in and it's a whole a whole different world. You know, and uh, you would come into a world and, and experiment each different bee, which are, each bee is a travel in itself, you know. So, uh, and then it was the, the addition that had to be, you know, in our, in our portfolio as well. Like, so we, we launched that and it was just a, a success because I think it was, it was meant to be, you know, like a, an easy beer, easy drinking that could, you know, hit a lot of people, like uh, old people, younger people, you know, niche or not. And it's like an, an just an easy drinking beer, you know. And I always tell people like this one, you can have a breakfast, you can, you know, you can have a barbecue, you can have a dinner, you can even brush your teeth with that kind of beer, you know, it's, uh, sure, it's easy. Sure. <laughs> Let's talk about how you, uh, you know, bring your philosophy and mentality of brewing into the IPA space. But before we do that, from the rotatable pickup tube on Rogue Brewing's Pilot Brew House to the integrated hotbacks on Sierra Nevada's twin prototyping brew houses, SS BrewTech has taken technology they invented working with world-renowned brewing industry veterans and made them available to every craft brewer. To learn more about SS BrewTech's innovation list, head over to ssbrewtech.com. Also, if you're looking for a direct partnership with an independent hop grower who is as fanatical about flavor and quality as you are, join the revolution. Hop Revolution's only reason for being is sustainably farming and processing New Zealand's most flavorsome hops. They get that great beer is not brewed to a past or future ideal. It's an ongoing journey of fresh thinking. Hop Revolution really is only here for your beer. Let them flavor your thinking stateside directly from Hop Revolution or through Crosby Hops or Mill 95. Learn more at hoprevolution.co.nz. Well, let's talk about 
IPA. We've got some of the session IPA in front of us. It's soft. It's hazy. It has a beautiful fruity nose with uh, you know some contemporary Pacific Northwest hops character to it, and you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of that you know herbal element in addition to all those nice you know fruity notes. Um, as I was looking this beer up ahead of time, you know, I noticed that, that, uh, it was a rated a 3.4 something on untapped. And I have to say it's incredibly unfair, uh, <laughs> that untapped raters untapped is unfair. in this country, uh, do not rate on the same scale as untapped no, raters other, in other countries. Not they not are, really, yeah, that's yeah. really they are like awfully that, yeah. hard on you yeah. all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. we were invited to Billy's this year. Do you know the, the event, Billy's? Billy's, Billy's, Beer, Billy's Festival? Beer Festival? I've heard uh, of it. November. Run, run my great beer cafe in Antwerp, Billy's Beer Cafeteria. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It's a Hi huge festival. Stefan. It's very nice. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we, were, we were very happy to be invited this year. And uh, in the invitation, he said, uh, from experience, I know that the Belgian consumer is the hardest one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very critical because it's... it's uh, uh, a beer country, so right. and a, a very vast beer country, so they are very hard on. They are very hard on your your yeah. saison was like, <laughs> like a three point six something average, you know, would uh, you know by other standards in other countries. Yeah, just interesting to see that people that, uh, here they that, want to drink imperial stout fifteen percent. Uh, they want to drink uh, twenty gram per liters IPAs and you the know niche, fresh uh, from the, the next people day. People from the you know, beer geek and, niche yeah, uh, yeah. in Belgium, yeah. uh, not uh, not everyone, but I think. Um, that's why I think it's important for us to to do to do some competitions sure. because it's a blind tested and uh, by experienced professionals. So you can also see how your beer is performing with professionals. That's why I, I think that's important for us in, in that way. Also. Which is more valuable to us than looking at untapped. <laughs> And it also, especially when you find success that way, tells your own audience that's here that maybe they should look at it in a little different way. Maybe it may, makes them come at it from a different perspective than when they see the external validation that it mm-hmm. gets. Yeah. That's really interesting. Well, let's talk about this because it's simultaneously dry, fruit forward, soft, uh, and a really nice beer. The Session drink. IPA. Yeah, the You're Session right, IPA. Yeah. Talk to me about how yeah. you all you know, kind of envision this and then built an IPA program for the brewery. Here in Belgium, I think when since we started in Brazil, and I think the Brazilian market is very influenced by the American market. So all the American style IPAs uh, arrive in Brazil, and it's a uh, fever. So uh, from 15, 20 years ago, it's a very hard on IPA. So the the Brazilian uh, craft beer market is very IPA, and uh, when we moved here. It's, there was not so much IPAs and not so many f- IPAs the way we love IPAs, as hoppy as we love IPAs. So we needed to do some very hoppy beers and we, we put a lot of hops in our, in our beer. So that, that beer, for example, is very expensive. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> because uh, and the price we have to, to, to charge here the, does not pay. So it's, it's one beer that we, we almost lose money. Oh, yeah. What, what varieties are you putting in there? It's just a lovely, like, uh, sweet but citrus nose and then herbal, as Jamie yeah. was pointing out. It's a lot going it's on citron there. mosaic. Okay. Yeah, so it's I, our, our, our two favorite hops. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> Getting hops, you know, is that a, a challenge for you in Europe? No, not no. here. We have, like, Yakima is big now here. Yeah. And uh, we, we work a lot with, with those guys. And they've, they've built a facility here, like a big, right. big, big stuff uh, in Nouvelle-Neuve. So I think it's going to be even easier. And uh, actually, we got our hand on the frozen fresh hops for the first yeah, time in Europe. Right. So you can even try it later on. We still, we still have it on tap. Um, so that was uh, a great, you know, great stuff for us European, you know, finally to get our hands on the fresh frozen hops. <laughs> So that was, uh, so I think it's a, uh, we have. Well, we say we that have, because Europe also has plenty of hops that you know, are grown right here in Europe yeah, too. Yeah, of course, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's not yeah. like you're uh, bereft of hops. Uh, yeah, but we, we work with um, like a bit of English, English hops, um, Slovenian hops and, and, and Belgian hops, obviously. And then like 60, 70% of American hops as well. Oh, that's very cool. So let's talk about, you know, structuring a, such a light beer and a dry beer also that doesn't feel it's dry, but it doesn't feel harsh or thin, or it doesn't drink as a dry beer. 
it uh, it convinces you that it has uh, you know more sweetness than it has, which you know is I think partially due to the way that you're building that idea of mouthfeel, but also you know pushing the fruit flavors and the hops. Talk to me about like building a, a base out of you know a grist um, you know for this beer. I think this one, but we 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 love oats, <laughs> so <laughs> so there's quite a lot of oats as well. Yeah, and I think the what kind of oats do you tend to use? Flaked, flaked, yeah, flaked oats, yeah. And, and golden naked uh, also. Yeah, and golden naked oats as well. What kind of percentages do you typically use? 30, 30 to 40. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Low drink time, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, but I think the, 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 the really the, 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 the tip to, to, to brew a, a session IPA is to mash high temperature. You know, like I think that's, that's really like how, how you get a, even being like a light, a light alcohol beers, you, you had you have a bit of like body to, to, to it. I think that's the, the I think the greatest tip we, we, we have on on doing those those beers. Yeah, with a mash temperature, you mean yeah. like a higher mash temperature? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. While well, at the same time building more body with yeah with oats, of course. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeast then do you use to ferment the beer? That's the yeast that we use for all our IPAs. It's a house house yeast. It's a yeah. uh, IPA stout, pale ale. We always use the, the same the same yeast. Yeah. Are you public about what that yeast is? Yeah, it was a bit of a mix. It's more like uh, Abbey yeast. Abbey yeast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Surprising. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a clean profile, but you guys have yeah, a it's a clean profile. You've tamed it with uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah cooler temperatures and it's, yeah. it's nice. At the same time, it's also a very hazy beer. Um, you know, does that, uh, do you find, I, are there tricks to helping make that haze be stable in the beer despite, uh, um, you know, it's, it's propensity to, to drop out? We don't use anything to, to filter. So it was, it was the main goal to be um, yeah. cloudy. So you also use uh, wheat and uh, voila. With, with oats, we don't filter, we, we ferment on bottles, so it, yeah. it's as cloudy as it can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what, where do you go from the session IPA? What other uh, you know, IPAs find themselves popular in your lineup? We have the red IPA, the, which yeah. is Avalanche. That one is very malty. That, yeah. That's the, the, the two only ones. Then we have a Pele, but that's the, yeah. the three OP ones we've got from the core line. In the, and, in the core line, yeah. yeah. It's only then, the three. The yeah, three. Yeah. And the the pale ale is not an IPA; it's a pale ale, but it's very American pale ale. So it's um, yeah. also American hops, but very malty. And uh, also, you yeah, we can you can try now. But it's a very it's a it's a success. Yeah, and it's called Pem because it's pale pale ale marchoise from Marshall Famine. So that's well, that's why it's called Pem. So I think uh, people really like that beer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pivot then and talk a little bit about. Um, barrel-aged beers and beers with fruit, you know, because these are two other areas where you all pull in some past influences and some Brazilian influence and, and kind of, you know, build that and span these kinds of things. And you do that with, like I said, some fruit, but you also do that with some barrels. One of your more popular barrel-aged beers is, uh, you know, brewed and, and aged in Ambarana wood, um, which you know, is a Brazilian wood. Let's talk about some of that barrel. And you know, we're drinking a barrel-aged version of the one saison, also, right now, talk talk to me a little bit about your approach to barrel aging. Yeah, uh, th- this one is not saison. It's not oh. the one. It's another saison. It's another saison. Yeah, we brewed another type of saison oh, for okay. these barrels. Yeah. Okay. And um, the the barrels from the beginning, we had three Brazilian barrels, and uh, Amburana, Jequitiba, and Balsamo. We have a huge variety of barrels uh, of wood in brazil so we use a lot of wood to age cachaça which is the brazilian alcohol made of uh, sugarcane and uh, unfortunately we don't use much of these barrels to anything else than cachaça and now we we start with the uh, craft beer scene evolving in brazil we are using more and more for the beer also and amburana is one of the woods that has most success because it gives also sweetness it's like a sweet wood so you have sweetness and you have a huge bouquet of, of uh, flavors coming from the wood. That's really amazing and passionate it's wood. So vanilla, yeah. roasted yeah, coconuts. Yeah, a little bit of cinnamon, of cinnamon yeah, yeah. Yeah. vanilla. So it's amazing, uh, an amazing wood. Yeah, the wood. wood, the flavor contribution from that wood 
in the beers that I've had it like from stout to barley wine, anything with a higher alcohol that kind of promotes the, yep. that extraction mm-hmm. from yep. the wood mm-hmm. is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just last week, I know that against the grain one for Ambarana 70 K uh, a few years ago, won a gold medal at GABF. I just drank one of those two weeks ago. It was absolutely fantastic. Had a barley wine aged mm-hmm. in Ambarana. It's so um, strong that when the, the truck arrived to yeah. deliver the barrels and the tables and chairs, chairs uh, we opened, he opened the, the truck and we, you could smell the Amburana. Yeah. <laughs> As it was so strong. And to give you is that an what idea. these chairs that we're sitting in are made of? No. <laughs> that would be so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that would smell really good, but it would be expensive. But the Amburana one is so strong that we, we put uh, 150 liters only and we blend each time. Just in a small amount. Otherwise, it's too strong. So the challenge is to to find the right amount to blend because it's so strong. When you're aging in Ambarana, you have barrels made of Ambarana wood. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're saying you just you can only use so much of that. It can't make up an entire uh, you know batch of the beer. You're yeah, exactly. only then blending. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Part yeah, of that barrel it, stock yeah. into. Yeah, exactly. If you try the the beer directly, the beer directly from the barrel, it's not good. Mm, too too much. Because yeah. it's too strong. Yeah. I think the the first batch we made, we had the Amberana barrel for like two months, and it was already like really strong, and we had to blend it like four percent, and then so we added some more, obviously, and uh, four months later we, we did another batch, and we had to to blend it like two percent. It's like like really really strong, and you can really like drink the beer in itself, you know, because it's it's too strong, you know, it's too strong. Even just after two months in the barrel, yeah, yeah. two months. Yeah, it got wow. really yeah yeah. But the first because we we first started, so we bought like a hundred fifty liters barrel, so it was pretty pretty small. So it like it infused like a lot, you know. But it's extra uh, woody because yeah, it's that small. Yeah, and there's yeah. that much contact. Yeah, sure. I know we we've ordered like a, a bigger one. <laughs> yeah, and the roastiness also. Yeah, because yeah. it it's a uh, medium high roasted. So I think that gives also an extra layer of flavor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coconut smell is more, more like a um, uh, dry burned coconut smell, which is lovely. And yeah. it comes from the type of uh, roastiness yeah. it had. So same thing with the, the vanilla. So we made our own extract here. And uh, for the onyx, we add vanilla for, for, for the imperial stout. But then with the amburana, we almost don't have to add any vanilla because it's already so, so much present, you know, yeah. with, with the wood. You know, so it's a, it's a great, it's a really great wood. So each, to work with. each time we we produce onyx and banana, we we try ourselves and we we do a lot of tests to to see which uh, which uh, level Blends. of uh, vanilla and banana we're gonna blend, and that's that's also challenging because it's an eleven percent beer, and sometimes we are here at the end of the day. Oh, <laughs> tomorrow we have to bottle and banana, and we have to try everything now. <laughs> So it's true. It happened <laughs> one, one day, time we had one to day. go back home <laughs> yeah. and do the, the calculation the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't do a, just like a... <laughs> we, we tried too much and then we couldn't, couldn't do the math. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Where do you, where do you source Ambrana barrels from? From Brazil. From Brazil. From, in the, from Brazil. Yeah, it's a... Um, Cachaça producer also. So he, he produces cachaça and it's a really good cachaça. And he produces a lot of uh, different barrels from the north of uh, Minas Gerais, in Brazilian state. I know a lot of American brewers that are brewing with Amberana wood are just not putting it into barrels made of Amberana, but are aging it chips. onto the chips or cubes or or something else like that. To That's harder, to, I think. You think? Because the the chips, how how it was roasted, you never know. And then uh, which side uh, the, of the the cube was roasted? Maybe one side, but not everything. So you have you also have the the um, herbal harshness from the wood. That's yeah, not always delicious. Right. I guess you you have the potential for end grain and you know a different kind of uh, yeah uh, flavors. Yeah. Piece of the the wood that's exposed to liquid rather than that yeah. kind of yeah. edge or side. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Have you have you tried doing it that way? You just or just no. it's just not your thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. We are very happy with the barrels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As they are. Yeah. Are there other barrels that you uh, you you enjoy using that? Uh, um, yeah, we got our hand on the ben Côte de Nuit, the, the, the saison we, we're drinking now. Uh, now we're getting our hand on some Pomar, um, French wine too. We have some uh, Heaven Hill. We had uh, like a 12, 
bon, 18 différents bourbon barrels. We have Evan Hill, um, oh, I forgot the name, Brown Foreman as well. And uh, we Rome. could relax. Mm. Yeah, and then we have some Panama, Panama rum barrel. Yeah. Uh, we have some uh, 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 Beaujolais. Yeah, yeah, uh, some Bourgogne, some yeah. Bourgogne as well. Yeah, so a bit, a bit everywhere we can, you know, we can put our hands on. <laughs> and uh, Brazilian wood, we also have Jequitiba and Balsamo. Balsamo is also a very flavorful wood, which is used to make parfums, actually. But it's not so strong as Ambrana, so the, the blend is not, it's very hard to make because it's much less uh, strong. So we're going to do another thing with that one. And we have some new ones coming. And for example, we have a Kumaru. Don't know if you heard about it. No. Kumaru is the the tree that makes the kumaru seeds, the tonka beans. Mm -hmm. Tonka bean is uh, what we call kumaru seeds. It's from this tree called kumaru. And we had a a, a beer with uh, with yeah, tonka stout. beans. Quite stout. Uh, yeah, but it's, we don't have it anymore, I think. But it's it's very nice with kumaru seeds and then uh, with tonka beans. Sorry, and uh, tonka beans is not allowed in the U U.S. Right. You cannot use tonka beans. I am not uh, familiar with that. I, really? I, and my... Here also. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, but we discovered that after. Oh, really, I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> huh. when, we, when, we, when we were brewing that beer, I, I researched a lot. So I saw that in the United States, it's not uh, allowed huh. to use because if you, it's toxic if we use a lot. So you cannot. Yeah. But in France, for example, the um, very good restaurants use it instead of vanilla. So mm. they like a muscat? muscat? Nutmeg. 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 Thank you. You use it like that. It's a long, mm. dark it thing. Smells and so you good. use and this. We, we got that it's in really, really good. Well. It smells yeah. so good. Black stuff, and you can do like a creme brulee with mm -hmm. that, for example. It's really nice. So we use, we brought a lot from Brazil, and then when we blend here and we we tried, we saw actually we could we could brought one kilo, and it, it would be enough to do it's a really lot. Strong. But we brought six kilos, and we we don't have <laughs> we anything did, to uh, do with it. That, that we, that's really nice. That uh, we we did a tonka barley wine, yeah, and uh, aged in Panama rum barrels. That was it's, yeah, it's great, great beer. Yeah, yeah, great beer. As you're envisioning this, uh, something like a barrel-aged saison, um, do you adjust the recipe knowing that it's going to spend time in a barrel? And then for something like this on the lighter blonde side, that, that's goal is to go into a barrel. Um, you know, are there any other concerns on the brewing side or, and then how long do you tend to we know, don't, let it? We don't change the, the recipe. We really want to, to know like what that, that barrel will, will bring to, to that existing beer. Yeah, but he's no, or, 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 or if we do like another beer, that, that's different. But we don't change like if we would uh, age from the Onyx, the Imperial Stout, it's the Imperial Stout that's going in. We won't change the recipe to, to barrel it. Yeah, mm -hmm. but this one is not the one. This one is uh, oh, another saison no. that this we one, made. Yeah. And uh, that one we use a little bit of more um, uh, crystal malt mm. to have a little bit of a malty backbone also yeah. and not too dry. So we didn't use the H18. As we use in the season also, so we we needed uh, a base, a little bit more solid base to the barrel. Sure, yeah. sure, and it does pull out the wine character from that barrel in mm -hmm. uh, in a very attractive way. Usually, we keep like minimum six months. We don't touch it for six months, and then we start, you know, slowly and slowly, and to to to, to taste to taste it to see where where, where we're going, you know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Are there any other? Uh, let's talk about fruits a little bit because you also try to pull in Brazilian fruit and, and that kind of, I mean, and that fruit character is something, it's a bit of a, a through line through a lot of the flavor in your beers, even your Belgian style beers still pull on ideas of fruit flavor, you know, as, as you know, Belgian yeast fermentation also produces those flavors in addition to, to fruit themselves. And you, as you decrease bitterness and push some of those flavors that becomes something you focus on, but with fruit beers themselves, you often go back to your uh, you know, Brazilian background and pull Brazilian fruits together into yeah. your beers. Yeah, we we love Brazilian fruits. And also there's a lot of Brazilian fruits that we don't find in, in Europe. So it's very, very nice to bring some of that fruit here. For example, guava. Uh, no one knows guava here. So mm. when we brought guava, it was Brazilian guava brought to Poland. And someone came from Poland during the night and he arrived here during the middle of the night with the small truck and we discharged the, the guava here. And uh, it's amazing because it's, it's something completely new to a lot of people. 
and that a lot of people met uh, the fruit through the beer not the other way around right. which is very interesting so i had to show pictures look this is guava <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we love so we did one with pineapple um passion fruit guava and Ma mango gua but with gua guava uh, and strawberry guava and strawberry yeah yeah always pu puree like always a fruit puree yeah yeah, yeah. why puree easier to get yeah. i think yeah yeah just easier to get easier to use you know that's uh yeah and it's frozen so it it's yeah. the easiest frozen kind of fruit to find here yeah yeah and that freezing process also tends to help it uh, uh be ready to yeah. to uh, release its fabulous flavor into the beer itself mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. are there any uh, uh you know specifics or, or tricks that you use when uh, designing fruit beers each fruit is different and uh, the challenge is always to know the how much of the fruit balance. before buying because when we when we we did the first beer with guava we had no idea so we bought we we tried a little bit in small amounts but it's never the same thing and then we we made that beer and then we we learn but each fruit is a learning process right as to know so, the power of, of like of each fruit like for yeah. when, we, when we did the the one with strawberry. And we knew we had to put like more strawberry than we have to put the the, the guava, because it would like it would uh, yeah strawberry is like is harder to get you know all the, the taste of the the, fr the fruits you know so yeah, yeah yeah well let's zoom out here you know as we normally end the podcast we talk about the big picture for you you've launched this brewery you've been open for about three years now here in Marchand Femen. Um, you know, we've, your beer is getting out there more in specialty shops. You know, you hit a, what, a thousand hectoliters, you know, this year, um, you know, and you've hit a certain scale and you're hoping to continue to grow by finding this niche with some progressive beer styles, but also with uh, a classic Saison that, uh, you know, has been, is now won uh, twice. And, you know, what is next and what is the big picture goal? for uh, atrium or atrium what's next i think is more the developing or, or barrel barrel aging program yeah. uh, i think that's uh and then a couple of years to move facility and to get a bigger place with a canning line <laughs> <laughs> you'll convince yeah. belgian consumers to buy beer in cans yeah, is that yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so um yeah i think yeah. that's the working the, the more plan. with barrels i think developing our our sour your styles course, yeah. Uh, yeah. because we we always have a lot of ideas and then we we decide but uh, during the year you it's it's hard to plan everything that you're going to release uh, as far as the year goes by so this year we said no we're going to look a little bit more to the sour we, we have to make attention to that because if we let our imagination fly free we are only going to do uh, imperial stouts and quad stouts and uh, that's our passion but sour beers also are our passion and we don't work too much so we we going to definitely going to work a little bit more that and um in uh, sour and barrel and now we have a little bit um, more space, so all the barrels are there, and we are improving our our collection of barrels. <laughs> before we uh, before we sat down to record, um, you started to say something about um, uh, doing something to change the stereotypes around beer and, and brewing in Belgium. And then I, I stopped you and said, "Wait, save it for the podcast." Um, I don't remember where you're going with that. I would love to know if you want to revisit that and, and let us know what do you mean by that and how does that fit into what uh, Atrium is doing here? I think when you learn about beer and you learn about the Belgian school of beer, you you learn that it's completely different from the German, from the English schools of beer because it's much more um, vast and creative. You have sour, you have triple and everything. Uh, and a lot of flavors go there. So I, I expected when I moved to Belgium to to see a more uh, open market, but actually it's very traditional. All its own craziness <laughs> from the beginning, it's still very traditional. Especially where so, we live in the south of Belgium. Yeah, so people know a lot. Um, an average person in Belgium knows a lot more styles of beer than an average person in Brazil. That's not a beer geek on both countries. Uh, an average beer person in Brazil knows a pills. 
and uh, which is actually uh, an American light lager for <laughs> most of the cases. But here, no, uh, the person knows already a lot of styles. But when we, we started, we said we, we don't want to do only the Belgian classics. We, we want to be even more creative. And how is, how is that going to perform in Belgium? So we always wanted to break the, 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 the paradigm of the, the market. So we are in Belgium, but we are doing American style. IPAs. We are doing Brazilian style, style sour beer, for example, uh, or English Imperial bar, um, uh, Barley Wine and um, Imperial Stout. So we we are here, but trying to put our creativity in the Belgian beer market, in, and that's very uh, a lot of contrasts in, in there, because uh, not everyone was expecting that. And here you don't touch only the beer geek; you touch much more of average people being here. So that's I think, I think be Belgium, the, 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 the Belgian brewing scene, is like the, the French wine scene 10, 15 years ago. So um, 10, 15 years ago, here in Belgium, you, you could find only like French wine, most of it in supermarkets. And now, when you go there, you know a lot of like in other other countries wine. And I think the, the the French guys say, look, we we make wine and we know how, how we make it, and that's the way it does. But at the same time, like other countries, we're just like in the corner, just like you know, going up and learning a lot and doing a lot of stuff. And I think Belgium is a bit like that as well. So like we are, you know, we are Belgian, we are Belgium, and we make the beers and we know how to make it. And the best beer is in Belgium. But in the meantime, Americans, English and uh, Russian everywhere, you know, like started exploding, but we stayed in a little thing. No, Belgium, we made the, the best beer and triple and blonde and brune. And actually at, at one point we, we woke up saying, what's going on? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of the, the beers and you know, the, the American, the, they make all the beer we make here, they make them as well. You know, and so so you, you guys are like for like you guys are really passionate. You know, you have passionate people who want to learn and everything. And actually, you have better school like brewing school in the US than we have in Belgium. You know, so I think it's, that's that's what happened. And now, if you see the 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 new wave is now, you know, whereas the new wave in the US or in England it was like a few years back. Right. Sure, you know, is the, the I think it's the same thing. You know, like and we are we are really traditional. You know, and in that's Belgium. the, and that's as well what we wanted. Like here in the, where, where we live, uh, there's no, not much, like, no, there is Brasserie Min, which is close by. And there is not many like breweries doing like a bit of all kind of, of beers. There is more in Brussels, more in, more in Flanders, but here where we live, it's really, really traditional. And we wanted as well to do a bit of like a shoot in the nest, you know? And so when people come here and visit the brewery, we always start that we don't do, we don't do blonde, we don't do brune. And yeah, <laughs> so so um, I think that and that's 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 what we are about. We want, to, like as I said earlier, we want people to come here and experience new new stuff. Yeah, you know? Th that's what Val was uh, saying earlier about the name atrium. Atrium is a hall of, of entrance in Latin. So the the meaning was somewhere where you can go inside and see new stuff. So actually, when you have the ancient atrium halls in uh, the ancient uh, Roman houses, you have a hall of entrance and a lot of doors and sometimes a, a window on the ceiling. And here we also have the window on the ceiling and we have a lot of doors, which are all the different beers that we make, the, the events, the concerts we make, the tap room, which is not so, so common in Belgium either. So we... Atrium is in that meaning of come here and you will know something different. And that's our goal. That's what we do. And that's, that's what is so different from the traditionalism still in, in Belgium and from the, the new way, which we are in the new wave. When, I, when we, we started, sometimes in some small city festivals, when I said I was Brazilian and a brewer, I, I already listened to, but why? why you were here like almost if it was offensive to be someone from another country brewing here and the woman so why the woman. why is there a brazilian woman brewing here if we are in belgium which is the best country for beer so that was a wall that we had to break and now i don't feel that anymore i think for example last year for the international women's day we made a huge stuff uh, we talked a lot this year also we are planning a lot of thing to do but Personally, I, I think I can say that it already changed a little bit. 
So, and that shows how this new wave is changing the, the scene now in Belgium. And it's fresh. It's not something from uh, 10 or 15 years ago, as, as Val said. The proof is in the beer you make. And from the brewers that we've already talked to this week, um, everyone who's had your beer has said the same thing. They make very good beer. It's very technically, you know, uh, very well-constructed beer and creative at the same time. And it's bringing something new to the, the conversation in this area. And that's a hard thing to do with a with such an established beer community. On that note, for nearly 30 years, GD Chillers has set the mark for quality equipment you can rely on. Hop Solutions by BSG takes a flavor first, application specific approach to hops. Trust the experts at Old Orchard to handle freight for your ingredients. Get detailed insight into your fermentations with Brew Monitor risk free. Put SS Brewtex advances to work in your brew house and try New Zealand's most flavorful, sustainably farmed hops from Hop Revolution. If you enjoy the podcast, go to beerandbring.com and click on the subscribe button. Uh, Paula and Val, if people want to learn more about Atrium, where do they find you all? On Instagram, Facebook, and our website. What's uh, what's the address? B-R-A-S-E-R-I-E-A-T-R-I-U-M.B-E. And then on, on Instagram, B-R-A-S-E-R-I-E dot atrium, A-T-R-I-U-M. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, we really appreciate you all uh, taking time talking with us about the way you brew. Uh, cheers. Thank you very Thanks much. It's Thanks very guys. nice. Cheers. This podcast is brought to you by Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine for those that love to make and drink great beer. Learn more online or subscribe at beerandbrewing.com or find us on social media at craftbeerbrew.